Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Senior leaders are staying tight-lipped on their salaries, even with their families, friends and trusted peers and colleagues. So finds LinkedIn's latest workforce confidence survey, which polled almost 19,000 business professionals on salary transparency. Nearly a quarter of owners, vice presidents and C-suite executives said they wouldn't share how much they earn with anybody. That's a sharp contrast, of course, from the 16% of entry-level workers who said the same thing. On the flip side, 13% of entry-level workers said they share their pay, obviously because they're earning less, with anyone who asks. That drops from 3% to 5% for C-suite executives and other upper executives and vice presidents respectfully. So in other words, the more somebody earns, the less likely they are to tell you how much they earn. The less somebody earns, the more likely they are to shout it from the rooftops because they're pissed off at it. That's the bottom line, isn't it, really? I want to ask you today if you believe you should be entitled to know what your fellow employee earns. Maybe you're a woman, for example, and you're concerned that a man doing the same job is getting more money than you. Fair point, isn't it? Because that's illegal. And you'd like to know, but the company doesn't tell you how much everybody earns. So, in draft law published back in March, new EU rules will force large companies to publish annual statistics on the pay differences between men and women and be open about pay scales when recruiting new staff. And the European Commission said firms with more than 250 workers should publish annual anonymised figures on gender pay gaps, including bonuses and benefits. They should also reveal the proportion of men and women in each pay band. Smaller companies will also be obliged to provide the same information to employees, but on request. They will not be required to make it public. In other words, that if you go to your boss, by law, this EU legislation says that, you know, if I go to my boss, for example, I should be able to say, how much is Ashling earning? Can I please find out? Or how much is somebody earning in the building? Uh, And under the rules, employers will be prevented from asking interviewees about their pay history, which I think is shocking, by the way, and must inform applicants about pay ranges prior to any job interview, which I think should be the law. When you go for a job, this nonsense that they don't tell you how much you're getting paid until after you've got the job is ridiculous. They should be, it should be down on the, you know, when they put the ad up for the job, how much the salary is. Not this, how much do you expect to earn? That's kind of guessing, isn't it? Anyway, and the whole sharing salary loudly and proudly remains unpopular. Talking about money has been a taboo, I suppose, for a long, long time. But those with higher salaries don't feel the need to share their numbers with the underpaid. Perhaps that's why higher paid or higher ups remain largely inconvinced that salary transparency is actually useful. Just 34% of senior leaders told LinkedIn they think sharing their pay would lead to greater equality uh, compared with almost half, 49% of non-managers. But those senior leaders are wrong. A vast research initi- initiative from the University of Utah um, found conclusively that pay transparency substantially reduces gender pay gap as well as other forms of pay inequity. So I want to know, do you think you should know? Now, we were in the office today and we were chatting about it. And I think we all have a fair idea in here how much each of, each of us earns. But anyway, some were all for the idea, while others believe discussing salary with co-workers could be demoralising if someone finds out they are making more money than or, you know, that somebody else is making more money than they are, that that would be demoralising. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if Ashling, for example, finds out that another producer or somebody else is earning more than she is, she might feel, oh, well, hold on, they don't value me as much. Or if I found out another presenter was earning more than I am, I kind of go, oh, why am I getting the same as him? So that it can be a bit demoralising. 
I suppose, from that point of view. You don't feel valued sometimes. But the benefits are, of course, that it's fair. Then, then people know there's no jiggery-pokery going on. That people aren't being brought in, you know, under the curtain, so to speak, and given more money than you. So would it be beneficial for you to know what your fellow colleagues earn? Do you think that's a beneficial thing to do? Do you believe there should be a law whereby... Now, if you work in the public sector, by the way, of course, which many people do, you're quite entitled to know what everybody earns because it's public knowledge. It's up on a website. Pay grades are up there already. So you know how much people are earning, generally speaking, unless they're executives. Sometimes they earn... Uh, they work, um, should I say, as self-employed sometimes. Anyway, the point is, do you believe by law you should be entitled to know how much money people you work with earn? That's the question. Because the EU directive says you should, but we haven't implemented it. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Should you be entitled to know other people's pay in the building? Let me go to Tony. Tony, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Tony? Uh, how you doing, Noel? Uh, Tony, it's a bit of a tough one, you know, because different people get different amounts of money depending on their experience, and that can be hard to justify to somebody who gets less pay. Yeah, see... If you start asking questions about how much you're getting, how much you're getting, how much you're getting, the fella that's getting the less money might think, well, sod this, you know, I'm, I'm working my plums off the same as them and they're getting more money for it. Yeah. That's not right. When you go for an interview for a job, the first thing you should ask is, what is a salary? Because let's face it, you don't go to work for the love of the job, whether you like the job or yeah, not. Yeah, but when you're going you go for an interview, it doesn't seem like a very appropriate question to ask at the very start of an interview. Well, that's the first, <laughs> thing, the first thing I asked is even when I ring up before I even go to an interview, what's the salary? Because, you know, if it's a rubbish salary, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, don't be wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah, you're wasting their time and yours. So the first thing you ask, what's the hourly rate or what's the salary? Blah, blah, blah. I don't care if someone's earning 200 quid or more a day than me. That don't bother me. Because when I go for that interview and they tell me my salary, if I'm happy with that salary, I'll take the job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but if there's somebody in your job doing the same job as you... And getting 200 yeah, quid a week been, more. They could, have been there, they could have been there two two years longer than me. And is that okay then? Well, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, not nine out of ten times uh, at an interview, you say, they will say, your starting off salary is blah de blah, blah de blah, blah de blah, whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, after your training period, it goes up and then you get your yearly uh, yearly rides, like, you know what I mean? Well. Your pay rides. Jeez, God bless you know if you're getting so the yearly in rise. In Who's a getting years you? time? You'll probably be on the same money as what that fella that's been there for two years. Is, is Who's on. getting yearly rises anymore? Does that actually happen these days? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You can ask for it whether you get it or not. I don't know. But there's always this Irish thing about asking. Nobody, everybody's afraid to ask for a rise because I think in in Ireland, I don't know what it is. Americans are not like that at all. But Irish people feel if I go and ask for a rise, they'll fire me. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't fight, yeah. Yeah, do you have you ever gone in and said, "Listen, I want a rise"? Yeah, one hundred percent, I've. Yeah, and and is there any fear when you walk into the boss to say, "I want a rise"? Is there not a fear in you that Jay's he's going to replace me now? He well, gets well, he's only going to say yes or no, isn't he? He's not going to chop your head off if an actor asking. Yeah, but then, but then, you know you're, I mean? then, then you're kind of being watched. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's always that fear, isn't there? Eh, no, 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 I don't think so, but. Okay, well, I, I don't know what profession you work in, Tony. Um, well, I was a plasterer all my life. Um, but well, so you were kind of self-employed then, I'm weren't you? I'm a driver now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're driving trucks now? Yeah. And how many people drive trucks for that company? Just me. 
Oh, just you. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only driver, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then you really have nobody to compare with, do you? No, no. But it, it, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Um, not when I took the job, he told me what my money would be, and I'm happy with it. You yeah. know, for what I do, it's, it's good money. Yeah, but, you, but you're happy now. But if, if he bought another truck tomorrow and hired another driver to do exactly the same job and paid him more money, you'd be pissed off, wouldn't you? Well, I would. Yeah, I'd be pissed off then because he's only just started. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, then, you. yeah, but he might go to the boss uh, and the boss says, OK, I'm going to give you a job because you've worked for another company driving trucks and you've years of experience, probably a little bit more than Tony, so I'll pay you a bit more. Yes. Um... Yeah, and so do you not believe you're entitled to know how much he's getting? No, not really. No, I'll take my money home and I'm happy with it. All right, okay. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Alan. Alan, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Alan? Happy Christmas, Niall. You shake those jingle bells. Happy Christmas, Alan. See, Tony, you, you know, forgot. Ah, stop you killing it already. Summer's only just over. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind those big grudges. Just sing away, Niall. Happy Christmas <laughs> and a prosperous new year to you, Alan. And you too. So, Alan, do you believe that companies should be forced to, you know, release figures on request? Now, obviously, internally, not publicly, private companies of the salaries of the people they work no, for. No, no. So, I, I think if anything be published, it can only be it can only be a pay scale. As in, this this role offers between twenty, let's say, and twenty five grand. Right? Let's say, for instance, right? Yeah. But you should not be able to go to your boss and say, "Listen, how much do you want getting paid, or how much do you want getting paid?" Because you need to take factors into consideration that someone may have worked for a company for five years or ten years or whatever, has been through a number of pay rises, and someone may have just started thinking they're going to get the same money. So we're taking away the incentive for people to actually work hard, do a good job, if you just give them the exactly. same money as everybody else. And exactly. That, that's what shouldn't happen. So everything should be, should be advertised as in a pay range. So it's, I said 20, 25. But the person who's only new coming to the door might get to 20, but the person who's there for a couple of years is on the 25. But what if, well, hang on, hang on. What difference does it make if the person comes to the door? Let's say, for example, you're a baker, right? And you're working in a bakery and you're earning 25 grand, 30 grand a year, right? And I get a job tomorrow because I've been a baker in another company. So I have years of experience too. Um, and they take me on and they pay me more than you. But you don't have experience in the companies you're going to work for. So but that doesn't right. matter. You, but, but that, that, no, but you can't be thinking like that. It's agree because... You still have experience. Experience, of the, your experience depends on the company you're now going to work for. So you may have experience before in, in doing baking cakes, right? But this time they want you to, to bake bread. So there is a difference. So there can be seen as a difference. So anyone joining the company should not be getting the exact same salary. It should be a couple of grand or the people already in that role and then they work their way up. Yep, but, that, and there's also the issue. I agree. Yeah, and there's also the issue, you know, the men versus women issue. Now, I, I don't buy into too much of it of the gender pay gap, but there is a pay gap sometimes. And there is a situation where women are taken advantage of in certain industries and they're paid less than men. So for that reason, that reason alone, is that, would it not be fair that people should be able to find out how much somebody who's doing the same job, for the same hours and getting different money? Is it not Again. fair? But no, there's more to that. So there's the pay. So again, if it's done on a pay scale basis, it's offered in just this bit and this bit, right? Mm-hmm. Then that's that's an issue. Then the company needs to be looked at. They're paying a woman because she's a woman less, right? No, but it is illegal. But, by the way, but my my last two my last two bosses were women, so I have no issue with with women whatsoever. But I think we need to be careful where we're going with this and what we're trying to say. Is. Yes, but the the thing you got to consider then is does that person have less experience or more qualification or less qualification than the person that's in that role as well? That's the only thing that needs to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. So, if you're bringing in, you're going to pay a junior doctor the exact same as a, a doctor. No, well, of course years. not. Because... And, no, but that's just because they're male or female. 
No, 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 no. Hang on. That's a different situation. Of course, you pay a senior doctor or consultant more than you pay a junior doctor. Absolutely. Because they're different jobs. But if you've, yeah. got, if you've got a factory and you've got 200 people on a production line who are all doing the same job, or a retail store, like, say, Pennies or Duns, where everybody is doing the same job, you know what I mean? Well, apart from managers and et cetera, et cetera. Surely everybody is entitled to know how much everybody else is earning. No, because, you're, again, you're not taking into consideration performance. Performance, then, so that company is now offered performance. Okay, so well, if, if, if somebody's not performing, you just no, get rid of them. If you don't reach your KPIs for the year, like the, you then not entitled to get a pay rise. Mm-hmm. That could have happened to several employees. So are we now saying, okay, it makes no odds whether someone performs or doesn't perform. They all must get the same pay. Just so we can take a box somewhere to say, well, this is what we're doing. So, so no, pay, can so, I just butt in there? Yeah, quickly? yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, um, I have to go because I've, I've got to uh, go down to... you got to do your job. Yeah, yeah. I've got to start driving. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, listen, thanks very much, Tony. See you. He's off, okay, to, the, he's off to the West End. Bye-bye. See you. See you. Good luck, Tony. Bye. Stay there, Alan. Let me go to Eamon as well. Eamon, you're an Ireland's classic kid. It's nice to talk to you again. Eamon, who's from Lincoln. Hi, Eamon. Uh, no, you're Eamon. I'm Niall. <laughs> Eamon from Lincoln Employment and HR. How are you doing, Eamon? Not too bad, Niall. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, okay, so Eamon, it, this idea, and it, it is an EU directive that hasn't really been implemented, mainly on larger companies, to make available to employees, you know, the salary pay scales in private companies that other people are on. Will that cause problems? Um, it depends on how it's implemented, Niall. I mean, what the, what the EU directive actually asks is that employers make clear the criteria that they use to establish pay. So that's much different from actually saying, you need to you need to be told what what the other person next to you is earning or whatever. So that's much different, and that's actually quite a, a progressive thing from a HR perspective, and um, because what it's actually saying is, if you want to earn more in this company, this is what you need to do. So if it, I don't know, it, like if you take a professional footballer for example, they obviously don't all get paid the same amount of money, but if it's clear why one is getting paid more than the other, then that's not a problem. But the actual amounts in terms of what someone is getting in an organisation, I don't think that will ever be revealed. I don't think that's really what the directive requires. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm looking here, from, this is from the European Commission, said firms of more than 250 workers should publish annually anonymised figures on gender pay gaps, including bonuses and benefits. They should also reveal the proportion of men and women on each pay band. Smaller companies will also be obliged to provide the same information to employees, but only on request. They will not be required to make it public. And under the rules, employers will be prevented from asking interviewees about their pay history and must inform applicants of the pay ranges prior to any job. Mind you, in all state jobs, that happens anyway, but it doesn't happen in the private sector. There are also, I know in America there last year I think they brought in legislation that if you have a company with more than 500 people you must publish uh, the salaries uh, internally so what would be the disadvantage of me knowing how much Ashling earns or me knowing how much Trina who's on before me earns what would be the disadvantage of that if it's justified what would be the disadvantage well the disadvantage obviously is to the individual who's receiving that amount because they wouldn't necessarily want their salary broadcast to other people Um, The reasons that they're getting whatever salary it is that they're getting should be clear. So if someone is quite senior in an organisation, and if you take, say, for example, um, one of your last callers who's a a truck driver or whatever, like their value to the organisation might increase by virtue of them being in that organisation a long time. They might be, say, particularly trustworthy or they have a lot of experience. You know, there might be factors there that would differentiate them within the organisation from a new employee. So 
you know, there's nothing really But wrong. didn't we have this issue going back a while ago when RTE, when it was Brian Dobson versus Sharon Yves-Volon, um, that particular complaint at the time in relation to the fact that, okay, he was there longer, hence he was being paid more, but it was seen as two newsreaders, one as male, one as female, doing exactly the same job, and he was yeah. being paid more. Um, and... and as I said to Alan, okay, she may not have been in RTE as long as he is, but she's yeah. still a very experienced news broadcaster. So, I mean, it, it shouldn't really matter once you're there a period of time or you have previous experience. As I said to Alan, you might come to the job with previous experience. Yeah, but there might be other factors at play as well, Niall. Like there might, for example, if someone's there a long time, there's a value placed on their loyalty, for example, to an organisation. So that's reflected in their pay then as well. And it would only it would only seem fair that someone who's been there a long time and who has been loyal to a company and has maybe resisted the temptation to move on to another employer, that that's reflected. That loyalty is reflected in the pay that they receive, mm-hmm. and that would be that would be something that they would give them a premium over and above maybe a brand new employee who might just, as you said, be equally competent in, in the in the work that they do. Do you do you think, Gaiman, from your experience in Lincoln Employment and HR, do you do you believe that there are many because we hear about the gender pay gap all the time, do you believe there's many women uh, who are doing the same job, same hours as men, getting paid less? Do you think that's I, I, is that I, widespread? I, I think it absolutely is, um Niall. There's no doubt that, that that's a feature of, of the work. It is illegal by the way, can we point out? Yeah. Oh it was completely illegal. It is absolutely illegal. Um, but look, there are a lot of complicated factors. Like, like, it's very simple to say that they just get paid less. But there are a lot of factors that contribute to that. And, and you know, it goes back to what you were touching on earlier in terms of whether an employee, you know, has the bravery, if you like, to confront an employer and say, you know, I believe that I should be getting paid more. Um, you know, people are resistant I said that at the start of the show, particularly Irish people seem to be, we're always afraid we're going to lose our job, if you ask. Absolutely. And, you know, there are other circumstances, maybe family reasons or something, but it absolutely is illegal, you know, if if two uh, employees, one male, one female, are getting paid different for doing the exact same work. I mean, I know there's been a lot made out of it over the last few years and there has been other research into the fact that obviously women work less hours and stuff like that because yeah. of obviously family commitments, which is still the, exactly, very much yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, so it's very hard to obviously calculate how how widespread the problem is. But uh, there is a problem with women doing the same job as men and getting paid less money. So surely then the idea of making available you know, if two people or say people in the same department even, um, you know, who are all on sales or who are all on, yeah. on whatever, a production line, um, they should be able to find out if people on an equal footing to them are getting the same money. Surely they should. Yeah, well, they, they should certainly. What, what the directive asks then is that what the directive requires is that they, they everybody be aware of the criteria that's in place to establish pay. So in other words, if there is a premium being attached to loyalty, for example, and saying, well, you know, if you're here five years, you're going to get paid an extra 10% over and above, that that's just clear. So if someone is saying, well, Eamon gets paid more than I do, and that's not fair, you're able to show not necessarily what I'm getting, but you're able to say, well, this, this is how we calculate pay in this organization. This is the criteria that we apply for establishing who gets what. And uh, so long as that's clear, that will comply with the, the directive when it is transposed. Okay, the, the other thing is just very quickly, um, in relation to going for a job in an interview, do you believe that salaries should have to be advertised with the job? 
Um, I, I know the practice is that it's not. From my own experience and what I would say to, to my clients is that if you can, you know, unless you have a particular reason for not disclosing it, I think it should be disclosed. Because, I mean, you see a lot of jobs advertised on LinkedIn and, and various other sources. And I think it's really frustrating that people would apply for those and then it would only be much further down the 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 process that the salary would become evident. And that could be, you know, a good bit different from what the person was anticipating. Well, this idea they will, they will ask you in the interview, what is your expected salary? I, I don't I, like that question. No, but I mean, they're free to ask. It's like a gamble, like, isn't it? You, if you said, oh, 60,000, they go, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> See, you well, know, they... Yeah, well, what we advise our clients is, is to, you know, make it transparent up front unless, you know, there's a particular reason not to, and, and there very rarely is. But I think by the time someone gets to an interview, the salary that's on offer for that job should be clear in advance. So I would suggest to job seekers, you know, where, where they see a job and um, when, when they see a job and they're thinking of going for it, the first thing they should do is ring the uh, whoever's advertising the job and say, I'm interested in this particular position. Can you tell me what the range is? And that's even before you get to interview. Because the, because that's available in the public sector all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, so, absolutely is. But I suppose the difference there is that that's um, public money and, and they have an obligation to be transparent in the use of public money. But private companies... I see it. Yeah, I see it on cash. LinkedIn with American jobs, for example. You will see the pat, the salary, and also the perks of the job, i.e., public, yeah. private, you know, health yeah. insurance and stuff that comes along with it, or whatever it is. So they they tend to advertise it. This seems to be a European issue uh, that we don't advertise the salary for a job before we offer it. Um, yeah, and I and I don't know why that is because certainly our advice to clients is if you can make it transparent, absolutely do. You're only wasting everyone's time. Maybe it's because they offer too little. <laughs> yeah, and but, but if it, if it becomes evident that. You know, you interview people and you've identified a great person, you offer them the job and it only becomes apparent at that stage what the salary is and they say no. You have to begin the whole process again. That's what I'm saying. It's going to point us. Okay, yeah. and, and, and finally, what advice would you give to people who are sitting at home or sitting in work, should I say, listening today and believe they're worth more than they're being paid? They haven't had a rise maybe in 10 years. They believe they're worth more than they're paid, but they're actually afraid to go to their employer. Uh, for fear that the employer sees them now as, oh, I better get rid of him now. He's looking for money, more money. I'll get somebody cheaper than him in, or her, whatever the case may be. What advice would you give them? I, I think it's how you... I, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with approaching the employer like that. I think it's how an employee does that, that that is critical. So if they go to an employer and said, um, you know, I, I've been in this organisation five years or whatever it is. I'd like to progress. I'd like to earn more money. How can that happen? What do I need to do to progress and to earn more in this organization? And that, that's quite a positive because what you're saying to the employer is, um, I'm interested in doing better. I'm interested in doing well. Um, I want to progress. How can that happen? So you're not just asking for money for more money. You're actually saying, I want to progress in this organization. I want to earn more. Um, and how, how can I do that? What, what does it take for me to do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if they come back with back off, well, then you're in trouble, I suppose. Yeah, then you, say, you start worrying, am I going to lose my job? I know, I know, but it, it's better at least to be honest about it. Like if there's an honest conversation between an employer and an employee in terms of their value to the organisation, you know, that might be what the employee needs in terms of saying, God, you know, he doesn't rate me as highly as I thought I did. I thought I was getting on great there. Maybe I should consider my options. Yeah. And maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing. 
Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Eamon, and I appreciate you coming on the air and talking to us and giving us that You're advice. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you very thank much. You. That's uh, Eamon from Lincoln Employment and uh, HR. Uh, and yes, your all companies are meant to have a HR department, by the way, even if it is, if it is a nominated person, by the way, because some people, some people say, but we don't have a HR department at our job. Well, you might not have a HR department, but you will have somebody nominated, or you should, by law, have somebody nominated in your uh, company that looks after HR, because some jobs are very small, of course, and they don't have a huge amount of people. Uh, some of your comments and messages and WhatsApp messages coming in in relation to this, whether you should be entitled to know or not. Hey, Noel, um, just from my own point of view, I'm a postman and lads that joined the company before 2006 get a, an allowance worth about 50 or 60 quid a week, 10% of their wages, um, more. So it kind of annoys me that there's nine grounds for um, that, that people have to be paid equally on, it, but or can't be paid equally on. But mine is just because I joined later, that's okay. I'm doing exactly the same job. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, for less money. Yeah, uh, a lot of people in the public sector are in the same situation. School teachers as well, obviously, have been complaining about that for years. The people that joined after a certain period of time got less money. Yeah, I understand the complications involved in that, and I know unions are involved in that kind of situation at the moment too. Anyway, look, sure, I'll continue on and work away here for the twenty five thousand I earn every year. Ashley, <laughs> what are you looking at me at that after Ashley? I'm only saying. <laughs> Water notices, the water advisory body. But can I point out, just for those, there was somebody sent in a text there about two weeks ago. Boylan works 16 hours a week for 200,000 a year. I am not Joe Duffy. I am not working for RTE and I do not earn anywhere close to 200,000 or 250,000 or 400,000 or whatever the hell they're earning over at RTE. That's your taxpayer's money, by the way, can I just point out. Independent radio is very different. We rely on advertising and we rely on your support. And thank you very much indeed, all our listeners, for your support. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.